The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. We are continuing on this month to talk about stopping bullying. As I've mentioned in other shows, uh, students with disabilities are being bullied more brutally than any other group. Uh, the only other similar group, of course, is people from the LGBT community. Uh, but it is becoming worse and worse. So I am so excited that we have two young champions from the National Youth Leadership Network, which may I say I completely endorse the National Youth Leadership Network. I think it's a phenomenal group. And I know Yoshiko Dart also believes in this very much. So I'm going to start with Stacy Milburn. Stacy. How about if you tell our listeners about the National Youth Leadership Network? Sure. Thank you, Joyce. The National Youth Leadership Network, also known as NYLN, um, is a national nonprofit led by and for young people with disabilities. Uh, this in itself is really huge. It's not often that you see young people um, serving on boards and serving as staff, uh, but we have an organization where all of that work is done by by young people, for young people. Uh, yes, and we work to connect youth activists together so we can share information and network and, yeah, really build leadership among young people in the disability community. And that is awesome because, you know, what we need, I've told you, my 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 followers who are young people, I've told you all, we need more leaders more leaders in the disability community. Uh, that is why, again, I think this is so awesome. So, Aisha, how about if we start with you and then Stacy? Um, and again, on my show is Stacy Milburn and Aisha Hills, who are they both are with the National Youth Leadership Network. Aisha, how about you? Why did you become involved in the National Youth Leadership Network? Um, actually, I knew Stacy before I joined NYLN, and um, I didn't really know that much about NYLN, and I have been disabled my whole life, but I had never really had a disability community around me. And so Stacy emailed me, and she said, I think you would be great for NYLN's board. And I was like, wow, thank you. I don't, you know, I don't know, really know anything about this, and I'm kind of intimidated because I had never done any kind of disability advocacy work before or um, anything like that. And I had done um, social justice work in other communities. And so I applied, and then I joined, and I met this whole community of amazing people and just jumped right in, and we've been doing really great projects um, all year since I joined. So I'm very grateful to Stacey for introducing me to NYLN. Well, see, Stacey, you're the mentor. 
<laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, so but how about you, Stacey? Why did you become involved? Yeah, it's actually really great. I got involved when I was in high school, uh, which is actually now about six years ago. And um, I wasn't really politically active. I wasn't doing any advocacy work. And I went up to D.C. for one of NYLN's conferences that they were happen- happening, uh, having there. And it was just an amazing experience to, like, recognize that, um, you know, disability wasn't just something I was experiencing in isolation, that actually all this work had been done by people with disabilities um, to make it so that I could have uh, the life that I was enjoying at the, you know, now. Um, and it was kind of my entry point into disability community and then uh, into a larger social justice movement. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. But, yeah, I was I got involved with NYLN just because I feel like uh, at the time I really sensed that I had uh, responsibility to people that had been doing work, so, like, people who came before me, my elders, and then also to future generations to continue the work that was being done for people with disabilities. Yeah, and Stacy, you mentioned that you got involved in high school. Yes. Um, so the National Youth Leadership Network, um, how large are they? Is this all across the United States? Yes, it's all across the United States, uh, and we also have state partners, which is really great where state partners are autonomous local and statewide organizations also run by young people with disabilities, and so the state partners are able to network together, and it makes it so that people can do local work together. And you're headquartered in D.C.? Well, we're all kind of spread out um, all across the United States, and that's where, you know, technology and the Internet really, really are changing what movements look like, that we're able to work together and um, be in community together, even though we're all located everywhere. So well, that's example, great, because that means yeah. high school students can get involved, right? Yes, exactly. Good, good. Um, so, Aisa, why do you think young people with disabilities should join NYLN, and also, how do they join? Um, I think that I think that NYLN is great if people really want to learn, like, how to get involved in their communities and have opportunities to build leadership. Part of what we do is helping young people learn how to be leaders and also empowering them to set and reach their their own goals. And so, like, we provide support, you know, if you're having problems, but also, you know, if there's a project that you really want to do or an idea that you have that you want to see happen, like, we provide support for that as well. Um, So I think if people are really interested in learning more or having a disability community around them, it's something that it's a group that's really, really powerful. And also if they want to um, build their leadership skills and, Anyone um, 15 to tw- ages 15 to 28 can join NYLN. Um, there's a form on our website, and if you fill it out, then you can become a member. You can join. We have uh, right now we have two committees: the Education and Media Committee and the Outreach Committee. And um, they both any member of NYLN can join those committees. And then once a year, we have applications for the governing board as well. And uh, 
and also, I believe parents and other people who are interested can join NYLN if they're looking to have resources. But primarily, it's for youth ages 15 to 28. Okay. What is the web? What is the URL? NYLN.org. So all they have to do is go to NYLN.org and be, what are the ages again? Um, it's, it's for people ages 15 to 28. Um, let me ask you this question. How do you, how do you get funding? Um, I think I can answer that. Uh, we're right now we're funded through grants from the Administration on Developmental Disabilities and also the Kellogg Foundation. Well, okay, so anyone listening to the show right now, you know, we all say we want to see young people with disabilities become leaders and move forward and make a difference. You can do it, but they need help to do it. So, you know, I really would encourage you to make a donation to the National Youth Leadership Network, and as they already pointed out, myln.org, if you go to that web, I'm sure, can you make a donation if you go there, Stacy? Yes, yes. And I would encourage you to do that once again. Young people with disabilities cannot make a difference if we are not behind them to make a difference. So, you know, I think this is a great organization. I think it helps to teach young people with disabilities leadership skills. And Stacy uh, and Aisa, how, how does everyone stay in touch? This is Stacy. So, yeah, it's really great. We're able to communicate via um, teleconferences and web chat and webinar and email. Uh, it's been kind of an amazing experience to really figure out how does this work for all kinds of people with disabilities working together. So, for example, um, how do you have a meeting where uh, maybe someone isn't oral and they prefer, like, chat communications with somebody who you know, needs to talk on the phone because they're unable to have, have like, access to technology that helps them read the computer. So figuring out, like, how to take all of our access needs um, and figure out how to even, you know, have a meeting to discuss what we want to do and how to do it has been an amazing process. And NYLN, do you have conferences? Uh, not right now. We had an uh, institute last year where we unveiled a new curriculum that we've been working on, so we don't have any plans to have a conference right now. Well, hopefully that will be in the future so you can get everyone together. Yes. In person <laughs> together. Um, okay. Well, this sounds really, this sounds really good. Uh, how many members approximately do you have right now? We have a little bit over 1,200 people, and I would say uh, people who are in active leadership, whether that's serving on a committee, um, contributing to the zine, serving on the governing board member, <coughs> governing board, I would say about maybe 75 people. Well, you know, I'm the chair of AAPD, and we have a big <clears throat> platform on employment and stopping bullying. So we'll have to figure out how we can do more to help you and work together more because... Uh, Ted Kennedy Jr. and different people have stressed how much we want to see youth with disabilities, you know, become advocates and become future leaders because without that, we're really done. You know, we have a long way to go yet. We still have this astronomically high unemployment. We are not yet part of the voting initiative. You know, we don't have a block of people together. So, so I think this is great. Again, 
If you just joined us, we're speaking to Stacy Milburn and Aisa Hills from the National Youth Leadership Network. Get ready. We're going to talk more and eventually about bullying. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. This month we're going to be talking about stopping bullying and we, before we lead into that, with our two radio guests today, um, Stacy Milburn and Isia Hills from the National Youth Leadership Network, which is such a great, great group. Again, myln.org. So, Stacy, we've been talking about how this is a great way to build future disability leaders. I'd like your perspective on that. Sure. Well, I think um, right now oftentimes it's just difficult for young people to get involved with disability rights because um, older folks in the movement letting go, and so there's an ex- expectation that young people will get involved but will stick to an agenda that's already been planned and not have our own vision. Uh, so I think it's really important for young people to have an organization where we get to set the agenda and we get to decide, like, these are our values, these are our principles, this is the work that we want to do. Um, and then also NYLN is kind of like uh, a ground for young people to practice leadership skills. So for young people to, you know, lead committees and develop projects um, gives them a lot of skills that we can all use when we do other work um, and in our careers. Great. That is great. Well, our big topic this month has been stopping bullying. And as I said, students with disabilities are being so brutally bullied that sadly some of them are committing suicide, referred to as bullicide. So I'll start with you, Stacy. Have, have you ever been bullied? Um, and if not, could you give me some examples of bullying you've seen? Yes, I have been bullied. And actually it was 
um, it's difficult for everyone, but it happened to me outside of school and within kind of Korean church, Korean community. And it was a situation where I had to leave um, that space and has meant that, you know, throughout my life, uh, I've had less access to Korean community. So I, I think that's a huge thing about bullying is it is about policing and it forces people to leave um, community and yeah, I think that shouldn't happen. Well, specifically, what did they do with you? Oh, it was a lot of kind of taunting and teasing and um, pushing me and kicking me under the table and uh, yeah, being me things of that nature. And saying this to you because you have a disability, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. And um, I know you know very well that if there's a young woman or young man that this happens to all through elementary, middle school, through high school, it really leaves a devastating scar. Um, and and it's terrible, and we have to do something about it. How about you, Aisa? What happened with you? Um, I was mostly, well, I was sort of all through elementary, middle, and high school, and also by my family. I experienced a lot of bullying. Um, I was born with cerebral palsy, and I actually have a lot of other health conditions and disabilities that are probably more disabling and more obvious than CT, but... When I was younger, that was what I primarily got bullied for. And so people used to, like, um, talk about me, like, whisper about me when I was walking or push me into, like, I went to this uh, school where we had these stone water fountains, and they would, like, push me into these, like, really heavy, uh, like, stone water fountains um, or just, like, pretty much make my life miserable, like, taunting me or teasing me. And even when I was in high school, um, by the time I was in high school, I mostly, like, now most people would say they don't realize that I have cerebral palsy because I don't show a lot of the signs of it because of what I went through with doctors when I was younger, which was a very painful experience. But um, but when I was in high school, people would still tease me for it. Um, and then my family has always kind of, like, joked about me being retarded, although cerebral palsy is the only developmental disability that I have, and it doesn't, like, it's not, it's it's kind of strange because it's more of a physical thing for me. Like, it's not what um, most people would even call being retarded, although, you know, in in Wyland, we really, like, stress not to use that word because it's a very hurtful word, but my family used to call me that a lot, and sometimes they still do. (laughs) You mean your family? Yes. When your family. Oh, my goodness. Hey, folks, just so you know this, we refer to that word, retarded, as the R word. You've got to stop saying that, and it is not funny when you call people that. It is so cruel and so demeaning, and we are totally opposed to that, period. Don't do it. Um, and uh, here's an example. Aisa, how did that make you feel? Um, it always kind of, like, aside from just being painful in and of itself, like, it's always really made me feel, like, I have an older sister and my mom, and they, my older sister is much, much older than me. 
and they were very much alike, and I was very different growing up. And so it always made me feel like, even when I, like, got older, like, they didn't respect me as a person or as an adult, whereas, like, like that I, it sort of, like, made me feel like I was being infantilized. Like, I, like, I was always going to be, like, this child with problems who couldn't really contribute. And I know that, like, they didn't always think that about me. Like, I know they were proud of me in some ways, but it made it really hard for me to feel like they listened to me or, like, they respected me. Well, you know what? I had a few other students with disabilities tell me that. So tell me, how did you resolve that? What did you do? Um. Actually, I didn't really. My mom passed away uh, five years ago, right when I was starting college, and um, so we never really, we never really talked about it. And I didn't until I was older really like understand like what I would even say to someone who called me that. And my sister has kind of stopped using, and the rest of my family have kind of stopped doing it over the years. Um, and I think that they relate to me much better as an adult now, but. Um, like sometimes I wish that I had got uh, that I had been able to like talk to my mom about it before she died and stuff. So, well, I'll tell you what, I'm really sorry to hear that. That is really terrible. Um, but I see you moved on as a champion. And uh, anyone listening to the show, young person, see what she went through and look at her now. Tell me, Stacy, how did it make you feel when people bullied you? It made me feel really, like, not human and not wanted and to just, like, I didn't belong, um, which I think are all really, really strong, um, not only feelings, but kind of themes that people with disabilities have always experienced uh, throughout history. So, yeah, really painful and just, you know, like, I, I wasn't wanted and I wasn't good enough and I wasn't worth fighting for. Mm, well, we know you're worth fighting for. <laughs> what did you do? How did you overcome this? What did you do? I think that's where um, doing disability work and working with other young people with disabilities was really important and in a lot of ways healing for me um, because even though I never got to, you know, go back and talk, talk directly with people who had bullied me, um, it meant that I got to work with other young people to to try and end bullying and then also do work like, you know, going into classrooms and talking about disability and ableism, all these things that really cause bullying and um, policing of different... I'm sorry, what was the last thing you said? Oh, and policing of different. Like what? What do you mean by that? Oh, I mean, I even see bullying as... Um, bullying isn't just something people do necessarily totally out of meanness, but also because society says that there is something that is normal and something that is unnormal and how um, people need to, you know, celebrate what is normal and then police and kind of circle, almost like sharks, um, people that don't fit in the category of normal. Yeah, well, okay, see, if you're listening to the show, look at these two. Look what they've done. But as you can also see, it has an impact. It does. It has an impact. And if you are one of those people bullying others, you've got to stop. 
You've got to stop. You've got to. Aisa, in your opinion, why do you think this happens? I mean, I have high school students through my Bender Leadership Academy, which I do on a volunteer basis, teaching young people with disabilities in high school leadership and how to, you know, gain employment. But I found out 12 years ago, I had no idea how terrible this was, how people bullied, you know, students with uh, disabilities. Really brutal. Why do you think that is? Um, I really agree with what Stacey said. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that in our society, there's a specific idea that we have of what's normal. And really, from, like, a very young age, people are conditioned to see anything else as, like, different. And often, like, being different means that it's wrong. And so I feel like young people are in this position where they're still sort of understanding, like, how... Or even, like, we we are still understanding, like, who we are in the world and, you know, how we relate to our families and how we relate to our friends and how we relate to our communities. And a lot of times there are some young people who really, like, work out those issues on other people. Like, they, you know, they maybe they themselves feel like they're not normal enough. So to, in order to try to gain more acceptance, they will sort of bully other people because they want to... They want to fit in with what is normal, um, and they want to say, you know, really, I'm normal, and this person is wrong, or this person shouldn't be here because they're not normal. And so I think a lot of it is pressure that we get from society because society is really ableist, and society has this idea that, that like, there is one body that is okay and everything else is not okay. Well, folks, you know I'm a woman living with epilepsy and a hearing loss, and I'm here to tell you we're just diverse, just as other groups are part of diversity. We are a culture of people. We are not a medical model. We're a culture of people. And by the way, you know what I say anytime I speak at a conference to a large group of people without disabilities. I remind them, to me, they are the temporarily able-bodied so come on everyone get with it get with it remember you could be doing something that would take a child's life is it worth that i hope you know it's not and with that we're going to go to break and then we'll be right back with stacy milburn and aisa hills members of the national youth leadership network yoshiko dart you're doing a great job we'll be right back Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, 
Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we're talking to Stacy Milburn and IAC Hills, members of the National Youth Leadership Network. And as you all know, this month we're talking about bullying. And we are on Facebook and Twitter throughout the show. So um, a question I have for both of you is, uh, what suggestions do you have for me if I am constantly made fun of on Facebook and aim and texting and everything and I can't seem to get it to stop. Stacy or Aisa, what do you say? Sure, Aisa, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, I if you would go first, that's fine. <laughs> okay, great. So I do think that what you just brought up, Joyce, is really important that we're seeing um obviously bullying spread across all the mediums that we use uh, and just as technology plays a bigger role in how young people communicate, it makes sense that um, we would experience and see bullying on Facebook and instant message and everywhere that we exist. Um, I think when it comes to cyberbullying, there's something, concrete things that you can do. You can block people, um, and I think that is something uh, that is a little bit easier to do online than in person. In person, it's a lot harder to stand up to a bully, bully, but online you have that option of saying, like, no, I will not let this in my life, um, because there's no reason you should have to have that at the top of your page. Um, so that's the first thing I would recommend, is to just take a step forward and block the person uh, and recognize that, you know, you have value in you don't deserve that, and it's not what you need. Um, Aisha, what do you think? Um, yeah, I definitely agree, and I think also, I, I don't know, in the in the, the cyberbullying that I've seen, sometimes it can be, like, really, really harmful, and, like, even more, like, people that you do work with online are people, you know, and, and there can be, like, a lot of 
I don't know. Yeah, I've seen like commu- like communities break over cy- over cyberbullying, which is kind of you know drastic. And so I feel like having a support network around you, even if it's just like other people that you know online, who are or people that can like step in and talk to the person, you know, if you can't block them, like if it's not just someone random, if it's someone that you know or that you've known known for a long time, and you know you don't want to just block them, but you need. Some, you need it to stop. So having someone who can, like, step in and kind of mediate and say, like, this is not okay and sort of enforce, like, a cooling down period or something um, where the other person can be educated that, like, no, this is not acceptable. Well, I agree with you. And you know what? Join the Bender Lead On team page. We have a Bender Lead On team page on Facebook and when someone is bullied, we put a call to action out there, and you will see friends, people with disabilities, young people across America get on there and say, hey, girl, I'm here for you, and all of a sudden you have all these friends you didn't know about. And now that I think about it, uh, Stacy and Aisa, make sure you let everyone know about that Bender Lead on Team page, and I will also put something out there about the National Youth Leadership Network. This is a great support system that I've actually talked about on the Hill in Washington, D.C., so I'll send you something about it. Um, Well, what are you doing? What are you doing, Stacey, at NYLN to try to stop this? Yeah, so last year when um, there was a lot of media attention around, I think about maybe 18 or 20 um, young people, mostly in middle school, who were thought to be, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, or queer, um, were committing suicide um, because of bullying that was happening in their school. And there was a huge outcry from the GLBT community and from allies. We saw, you know, things like the It Gets Better campaign where celebrities and people all across the United States, you know, even Barack Obama, President Obama, and all kinds of folks are putting out statements saying that, um, you know, you are worthy and you can survive. Just hang on, it gets better, um, was a message. And we saw that and we were really surprised at NYLN that there was no um, connection to disability community. There was no, like, solidarity extended by the disability community to the GLBT community. And it really, really shocked us. It shocked us because uh, a lot of our members or people in leadership, at least, identify with both communities, and we saw how, like, um, our experience with bullying were often just about disability, uh, but also because we were, you know, GLBT folks. And it it also shocked us because we saw all the ways in which society really, really um, just said the work needs to be done to end and combat ableism and heterosexism. Um, and so, yeah, so what we did is we put out a statement of solidarity saying that we understand what it's like to be bullied. We are not okay with this. Um, we offer sympathy to the families of young people who have committed suicide, and we list their names and their ages and where they're from. And when we put that out, we had a really, really big response, an emotional response from our membership. Thing that we wanted to do more, um, 
And so with that, what we decided is that our membership would start creating cards and messages that we wanted to send to the families. And through that, the project has grown bigger, um, and we've been calling it Crafting Resilience. And so now it's an online gallery of art, uh, mostly image-based, but art and a little bit of poetry, I think, of people talking about their experience with bullying um, and what are the messages that they want other young people who are bullied to know. And it's been really powerful because I think, I don't know, it could really deep to the emotions, to people acknowledging that they've been bullied. I think it's something... Um, just you asked why, why isn't society or why don't our communities talk about it more? And I think a big part of it too is that it's humiliating to say that it's been bullied and it really takes a safe environment to be able to step out, step out and step up and say like, yes, this is my experience too. Um, and this has been a part of what has shaped my life. And yeah, so that's been a really big thing that NYON has been doing and now we have an anti-bullying committee. Um, and it's a really great committee because most of the people involved do identify as uh, a person with a disability and also a member of the JLBT community, um, which I think is rare to make those kind of connections uh, in this way where people actually have lived experience of both. I think that and, is yeah. so awesome. I do. I think that is great. So remember, everyone, you've got help here at the Youth Leadership Network, myln.org. Um, Aisa, in the schools today, there has been so many young people that have told me how, just, just as the example one of you gave about being pushed into the water fountain, I mean, I have examples of being thrown into a, you know, a one girl getting a concussion, being thrown down the steps, spit on, ruining someone's jacket, you know, what do you think we can do with the schools to stop stop this? Um, I think that, first of all, it's, like, really important to stress that more police, like, we do need to separate people when, they're, when there's violence and to protect people, but I think that it's really important to stress that more policing is not the way to go about this. So, like, sending people to juveniles, you know, lockdown or something is not a good answer to stopping bullying. Um, and, and so, because that just perpetuates the system that creates, that, that creates situations where bullying happens. So I feel like the first thing to say is like to not, like to really stress like, yes, we do, like, yes, yes, if people are being violent, then we do need to protect the students who are being bullied. But at the same time, we also need to ask, like, why is this person bullying, and what and what are the causes of the situation, and how do we address that, and not not just react by like sending them to jail or sending or you know suspending them from school or something. So I think it's like really important to trust that. I feel like the part of this part of the problem is the environment of school tends to be very ableist. Like school is set up for people who learn in a certain way. And everybody else is shuffled into special education classes, you know. And nobody, like, nobody really acknowledges difference and diversity in the classroom. I think really until you get to the university level, and even then sometimes 
there's not, like, a really strong acknowledgement of diversity. So I think educating the school system, like, teachers as well as parents and students about diversity is really important, like, about, like, that people with disabilities are not bad or even, like, that, or even that we're that different, that, like, it's just a different kind of body than the normal kind of body, you know, or a different um, way of processing things than the normal way of, pro- than what, than how everybody else processes. And I think part of the biggest problem with the school system combating bullying is the school system itself is only set up for people who process things in a certain way. Like, um, if you don't learn in a certain way, you're told, you know, you're different and you have to go to this different classroom. And I think it part of sort of looking towards the future, like, what are we going to, you know, do for our children in, like, the next 30 years or something is what can we do to change the school system that only is really set up for people with certain kinds of bodies? And so, like, how can we look at changing this overall? Well, that is great advice. Before we go any further, I think we have a caller on the line. Um, Do we have Nathan on the line? Hello? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, Joyce, how are you? This is uh, Nathan Jones. Hey, Nathan, how are you doing? Los Angeles, California. Great to hear from you. Yeah, um, I just, I've been listening for the, for the past while and I think of the National Youth Leadership Network is great. I'm on the website right here. Um, it seems to be very empowering for, uh, young kids, um, with disabilities. Um, and I just wanted to sort of exercise my voice and, you know, say thank you for that. I do have epilepsy. Um, I never really experienced, uh, um, too much bullying as I, you know, I was 18 when I was diagnosed with epilepsy, so um, it was kind of through all the bullying phases, I suppose. Um, but it's really important, and it, it, I've definitely been in that position where it's extremely difficult to where you've got to make that leap to speak up and out uh, for yourself because when push comes to shove, you're the only person there that can really make that difference when you're looking that bully in the eyes. and. I just kind of wanted to share that's sort of how I've dealt with bullying situations in the past and uh, maybe um, other people do too. I don't know. I just want to share that, yeah. Well, you know what, Nathan? Just having you call and say how much this means to you makes all the difference in the world. Would you two uh, agree with that? Yeah, I think it's important for people, like I said, uh, to exercise their voice, whether it's, you know, speaking up in the shower and singing or uh, calling a radio show. The world's interconnected. The playground's, a, I'm sorry, the uh, the bullying, the playground's a much bigger place nowadays with social networks. Um, utilizing your voice on social media, um, it's, it's, you know, you can leave a, a three- a three-word post on somebody's page, it can make all the difference in the world. Um, I guess letting others know that uh, they're not alone goes along with that same thought process. And because uh, that, I, I mean, I'm certain that in itself saves lives. And, you know, children, when they feel like no one's listening and, you know, they're in their bedroom at night on YouTube, they're in their bedroom on Facebook, and, well, guess what? They're getting bullied. And uh, 
So I think personally, yeah, speaking out for oneself and being and equipping um, people with the ability, the resources to defend themselves and the confidence to look that bully in the eye and uh, go toe-to-toe with them. And, uh, well, I think we, that is great advice. Stacy or Aisa, do you have any comments? Yeah, I think Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I think that, like, I think that's good because I, one of the things that NYLN does is, like, we, like, try to tell people, like, you know, you're not the only one who's experiencing this. You're not the only one who is different. And that being different is okay. Like, to empower young people to be able to respond to that. And for me, it was a really powerful experience to be in a community where my access needs were completely taken care of and I didn't have to feel like I was a burden on anyone, um, which can be really silencing because I was in the university system when I joined NYL and I'm not anymore. And um, I was, like, really beat down by the fact that all around me, like, people expected me to be able to function in a certain way, and I couldn't always do that. I felt really, like, ashamed and stuff. And then when I joined in Island, it was like, no, that's okay. You know, like, the first meeting I had with Stacey, she's like, it's fine if you, you know, we need to, you know, like, do things differently. And and really, like, understanding that, that like, the differences that I had were okay and that I was, that I you know, didn't have to be, like, keep silent about what I was feeling or about what I was experiencing. If it was bad, it was, like, a really powerful experience for me. Wow. I'll tell you what, these are really, really powerful comments we're getting here. Nathan, are you still with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm right here. Okay. Well, hey, Nathan, I just want to say one thing to you. You're doing what you told everyone else to do, and that is to (laughs) speak up. So I want to thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, thanks, Joyce. Uh, have a great day, and uh, you know, keep up the great work at NYLN, everybody. And uh, I'm going to check out this website a little more. All right, you you keep speaking up too, Nathan. Uh, all right, I will. Have a great day. You too. Hey, uh, Stacy and Ais, I have to tell you something. Everyone that's been on my show for the past eight years, I asked these last two questions to. <laughs> Um, everyone, and I know the one is kind of hard to answer, but you've got to get the same questions also. So I want to ask both of you, I'll start with Stacy. Uh, already you've accomplished so much just by doing what you're doing with the NYLN, but I want to ask you, even at your young age, what would you say you are the proudest of? What's your greatest accomplishment? Let's see. So I am proudest of... Um, I used to talk to earlier about support systems, and I I moved, so I have a physical disability, and I use a ventilator, and um, I require, like, home nurses, and so it was a situation where I never thought that I would, I, it was really interesting because I was doing all this advocacy work and traveling around the country with NYLN and doing this amazing stuff um, while still living at home with my parents. And honestly, didn't see a way that I could really figure out things to have it any other way. Um, and then last year, a, a friend and I decided that we were going to both move to California. Um, she also is like a queer Korean physically disabled the woman of color. And she was living in Atlanta and I was living in North Carolina. And we 
started kind of pulling our resources together and talking about what was our vision for home. And um, we created a blog where we would write letters to each other about, you know, what our experiences were. And through that, um, people really stepped up to support us. And we both moved out here to California, and we're living together, and things are working. And, yeah, even when it's hard, we're still able to uh, figure things out and have people support us um, and build that kind of community and that kind of support system. So right now, that's kind of what I'm most proud of is, you know, doing what I didn't think was even possible. Hey, I want to say one thing that I didn't get to say. Nathan, who called in here, is uh, I call him Hollywood star, but he did produce a movie about epilepsy um, and what it's like. So, you know, I'll have to tell him to get that to you so you can, you know, advertise that because it is truly, really a powerful film. I mean, he's just an awesome person. I'll make sure I do that. Well, how about you, Aisa? What would you say? You, you, well, what are you the proudest of? Um, first, I wanted to say that Stacy's Stacy and Mia's experience of moving to California was actually, I think, really powerful for them. But another amazing thing about it was it was really powerful for everyone else too, because the the way they document they are still documenting what they did and really like sharing their experiences like taught a lot of other people, including me, about building support systems. So I wanted to acknowledge that because like not only did they I think they learned a lot through the process, but also they ended up like teaching so many other people so much about building support systems, um, and doing things that people told us we couldn't do. Um, and as far as my greatest accomplishment, um I'm not actually I think for me, like, getting up in the morning is, or in the afternoon sometimes um, is, like, a really powerful experience because for a long time I was also suicidal and I did try to commit suicide when I was in high school. And, like, from the experiences that I've been through dealing with physical disability and, like, mental illness and other things and people telling me that I couldn't do things, like, I was the first person in my family to, like, graduate from college and... And people told me that I couldn't go to graduate school or that I couldn't, like, have, you know, like, have a a really fulfilling life or have the job that I wanted. So for me, like, just, you know, I, I didn't do things, like, the way that everybody expected me to do them, like my parents um, or teachers. But for me, like, getting up in the morning and being able to, like, determine for myself what I want to do and to have the support around me to make that happen is, like, is like I'm just that that to me is the best thing about my life and I'm really grateful for that and it's the way that I want to live and I'm really happy that you know I have I have that so well to both of you I am really feel terrible what you two beautiful young women went through and by the way I'm glad that you realized how important your life was and did not proceed with suicide but I'm going to tell you something. It's people like you. They're going to save other lives. And if you're listening to the show right now, and you are a young person with a disability, look what they overcame. You know, you can do it. You can do it. You've got to stay strong. We've got to have a paradigm shift here where we all band together and we say, guess what? We're not taking it anymore. Okay? That's it. We're done. 
and we're going to band together. We're not going to put up with this because we are people, with, and we want to be treated with dignity and respect as every other person is. And I want to say again that Stacy and Aisa are members of the National Youth Leadership Network, which you can join by going to www.nyln.org. Um, and I want to also tell you, Stacy and Aisa, that this show is archived and it is open captioned, which means you can link this to your website so that people can hear both of you uh, talking about all these things, and hopefully it will also help, you know, other young people going through so much. And with that, I wanted to ask both of you, do you have um, a message? Well, hold on. Before we go, we only have a couple minutes. Um, Selena Gomez um, High School Musical put out a PSA recently about bullying also. Is she on the line? Okay, she's a celebrity, and we are going to remember Selena Gomez. High School Musical put out a PSA recently about bullying also. So, so you too, what message would each of you like to leave with our listeners today? This is Stacey. I think really um, the message around support systems, I would ask people to really um, look out for each other. And, you know, when you see something that, shouldn't be happening to say something, to not be silent. Uh, that's what I would like to say. How about you, Aisa? Um, I think I would like to say that, like, even if, you know, right now, like, there's no way that you can possibly imagine things getting better or you can possibly imagine, like, having a life that is affirming for you, that, like, things, like, if you seek out support, even, like, small changes eventually add up. Like, even if right now things are really, really dark, like, the light will, like, start to come in a little bit at a time, but, like, eventually, you know, like, I like I can't imagine six or seven years ago being where I am now at all. Like, it would have never even entered my mind. And so really, like, making small changes, like seeking out friendship and support can really make a huge, huge difference down the road. So. All right. Well, those are two great messages. Uh, first of all, thank you both for being on the show. We end every show with a quote from a celebrity, a civil rights person, someone that has made a difference in America. And today that would be Maya Angelou. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still, like air... I'll rise, and we all will. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Be here next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.